to Heartland Church of Christ podcast on spiritual disciplines. I'm Jeff Adair here with Steve Gibbony. Steve, how are you doing today? Doing great. It's been a good week. Looking forward to the weekend. Oh man, it's been great. It's great weather out there. I'm ready for the weekend as well. Um, I wanted to ask you last week, but I forgot uh, after we got started, but do you have a favorite uh, spiritual discipline that we're we're going through? I know it sounds kind of funny when I say it out loud that I'm asking about your favorite discipline, but just curious. Yeah. You know, I think over the years, you know, my 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 go-to disciplines have been have been uh, scripture study and, and, and prayer. Okay. But I, over the last year and a half, solitude has been my go-to uh, discipline because nice. it is my time that I get to spend uh, in in large quantities with God, just develop that that relationship with Him. Uh, self-examination part of it is not uh, that's the, dif- the difficult part of yeah. it. Uh, but just being alone with God, His His Word and His Spirit uh, in me, um, that's that's really been my favorite, uh, and I've just I just have appreciated uh, being introduced to it and uh, practicing it because I've had a lot of blessings from it. Nice. I'm gonna say that's if I were to choose, that's probably my favorite one as well. Um, you know, with Ethan being two, um, solitude and silence is something that is rare around my house. So whenever I can seek that out, I definitely uh, do that. And um, we live uh, with a creek right next to our house so I can open the, the doors or sit on our deck and just take everything oh, in. That's nice. kind of my thing. You know, we did spiritual pathways with the teens not too long ago. And that's one of my pathways is definitely connecting through nature. So that's one of mine. Solitude in nature, I guess, would be my thing. So, mm-hmm. well, I hope everyone has taken the opportunity to study, memorize, and meditate on God's Word uh, with our encouraging episode last week, uh, it was great, and I, I took it upon myself to memorize John one fourteen through eighteen. I haven't got all of them down, but I have, like you say, we have the the gist of it. So the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And John testified about these things. I don't know if that's correct, but he cried out, "This is the one I spoke about when he said, He who comes after me.'" Oh, man. He comes after me. Has, is it surpassed me? Who has surpassed me because he was before me. Now the fullness. Oh, boy. Out of the fullness we have received, the grace in place, grace already given? I don't know. That may be wrong. I could be wrong on that. But uh, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And no one has ever seen God. I think that might be it. That's all I remember. But the one and only son, who himself a God in his closest relationship with the Father. There we go. I was getting there. Awesome. I was trying. That's one of my, I love those verses. But yeah, that was. Well, thank you. And and, I appreciate the courage to stand out and and, um, actually try to recite it. Yeah, that was, that was it. I didn't think I was going to be able to do that. I did a lot more than I thought. So that's awesome. (laughs) That's Uh good. Yeah. Well, let's get going on today's topic, Steve. Uh, communication with God and prayer. What do you say? Sure, sure. So communication with God is just like communication uh, in any relationship. You know, it, it's kind of the lifeblood of a, of a relationship. So, yeah. you know, I, I think no matter what aspect of life you're talking about, communication just has this, it always rises to the top, right? True. In organizations, you know, yeah. in business, hey, communication is, is important. In the family, communication is important um, in all kinds of relationships. And so uh, God gave it to us. 
And that's the one thing that we can do with him in, in prayer. Um, we are building that relationship with him. So there's a lot, a lot of things about prayer uh, that bring blessings to us. First of all, it's a powerful way to connect with God the Father through Jesus with the help of the Spirit. Mm. So immediately we're in, in contact with the entire you know, Trinity right. when we do that. It's a discipline, but it's our lifeline for strength, help, courage, and inner peace. Mm. And Scripture talks about that. Well, we'll be looking at that. Prayer is also active ministry. Yes. As Paul says, it's an act of spiritual warfare against the enemy. I love that. Yeah. In prayer, we can talk to God, but we can also listen. We plead with him, and we also watch for his answers. And I just really love the Psalms where there's this pleading going on, like, God, where are you? I just need you. And, and then, you know, the psalmist uh, inevitably will say somewhere in that same psalm, yeah, but I trust in you, and I'm just going to wait for your answers. Right. I'm going to wait on you. So all those things are active when we're in our prayer life with God. We can come to him, of course, uh, with others. It's something that we'll talk about when we talk about the community oh, yeah. disciplines later. But uh, we can do it when we're all alone. It doesn't matter. We can do it when we're out in the middle of a crowd and nobody else knows that we're talking to God. That's right. Um, it's available to us all the time. And so it's it's just a powerful way to experience his presence. Henry Nouwen, uh, I brought him up before, and I just really liked what he said about prayer. He said, prayer is standing in the presence of God, in the mind, in the heart. In the heart of God, the spirit dwells, and there the great encounter takes place. Mm. There, heart speaks to heart as we stand before the face of the Lord, ever-present, all-seeing within us. And there, in the place of the heart, spiritual formation takes place. Nice. So Nowen has earlier mentioned about how solitude was the place of that furnace of transformation. Yeah. You know, solitude and prayer are so connected because um, they're... Those activities just go so together. Whether we're just in solitude listening to God yeah. and hearing for what he wants to say to us or whether we're pouring out our hearts to him, that is where our hearts are connected. And I loved it. What was that quote that you said saying, about? We, we talked before we were recording. Um, uh, we can, when we're in prayer, our hearts are tethered to God's heart. Yeah. So they're tethered together. Yeah. I think that's an awesome picture. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So Ruth Haley Barton puts it this way. She says, simply put, Prayer is all the ways in which we communicate and commune with God. Mm. The fundamental purpose of prayer is to deepen our intimacy with God. So it's just a, a way to deepen our relationship. And there's so many aspects to it. It's not simply just, dear God, um, you know, I need some things. Yeah. You know, it's not just it's just what sometimes maybe we uh, see it as if we, if we you know, get into our own selfishness, which I sure. do, you know, hey, you know, I need some things, right. you know, but it's so much more than that. Yeah, definitely. Communicate and commune with God. I, I love that part. Um, you know, it makes me uh, think about Moses in the tent of meeting uh, in Exodus 33. Mm-hmm. Moses would pitch a tent outside the camp and verse 11, 11 says, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Mm-hmm. I love that. And Eugene Peterson in his message commentary says this face to face as neighbors speak to one another. And that that picture is just amazing to me. I love that. That is. That is amazing. Yeah. You know, the Psalms are prayers. I mentioned that just a moment ago. 
David and others record just this aspect of their deep relationship of all of life's emotions yeah. in the Psalms. Very true. And uh, for instance, in Psalm 42, uh, we're all very familiar with it. this one. David says, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? He goes on to say, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. And then a few verses later, in verse 7, he says, Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. Hmm. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. And it's just this picture of that longing for God, um, pouring out his soul to God, and that idea of deep calls to deep yeah. uh, reminds me of your quote there about the tethering, yeah. uh, heart to heart. Uh, there's a connection. God's calling to us deep within us, and we're calling back to him. Yeah. Uh, and that is the essence of prayer. There's so many songs that I thought about when you were reading through those psalms, uh, you know, so many songs that we sing here in church mm-hmm. and uh, in the youth group, you know, we have a, we sing a song called Deep Cries Out and there's a dance that goes with it. So I'm just over here in my head, just dancing around with, with the teens in my head. So um, we praise and thank and seek God's will with our prayers as well. You know, it's um, an amazing thing that we have this communication open with him. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Primarily one of the things we associate prayer with is praising God and thanking him and seeking his will. And that comes from Jesus. You know, he teaches that very early in his ministry, in the Sermon on the Mount, yeah. uh, he says, This is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that hallowed be your name, I, you know, that's that's always important to remember the holiness of God uh, when we come into his presence. Uh, we come to him uh, as a very holy God to praise him, to ask his will to be done. In Ephesians, Paul writes, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And and Paul, as he does in a number of his letters, uh, is is giving praise and, and prayers uh, in those letters. And so that, that beginning of Ephesians is talking about the praise uh, to God, this do him for everything he's given us. And then Paul also says in Ephesians uh, chapter 1, in that initial prayer, I have not stopped giving thanks for you remembering you in my prayers. So we praise him, thank him, but we also pray for one another. Yeah. And Paul always did that. was very consistent in yes. praying for uh, the churches and the people in those churches that he was writing to. So in addition to that, prayer is to help us seek forgiveness. Jesus goes on in the Sermon on the Mount and says, Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Hmm. So, it's, so you know, we're praising God, thanking him, but we're asked for forgiveness and we're also asking for him to help us in those temptations. So we don't need to get there and need that forgiveness. Right. Yeah. 
Discipline is also a very important part oh. of prayer. It, it is a discipline, and that's say. what we're talking about. Yeah. So, for instance, when Jesus is talking to his disciples, uh, well, he's he's praying. He's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, he raises, rises from that prayer. He goes back to the disciples, and he finds them asleep. And he says to them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Mm -hmm. And so it's a discipline that will help us uh, from falling into temptation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've always loved that, um, how he wasn't uh, soft with him. He was kind of stern with him. Like, hey, what are you guys doing? Like, y'all know what's coming on? Like, you guys don't know what's coming up here. This is big. Uh -huh. Get up. I've always loved that about, about that part of uh, Jesus' ministry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, those things uh, are important for us to understand, but also it's, it's ministry. Um, yeah. And maybe we don't think of it in that way uh, very often. Right. But when we're interceding for someone else, we're ministering on their behalf. Is that that's not right? True. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, as we talked about spiritual warfare, you know, so capping off the instruction uh, to put on the whole armor of God, including the sword of the Spirit, Paul says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Uh, okay. that be alert again. So that, that is, and, and, and one of the great pictures of that is in Exodus chapter 17. Mm -hmm. We kind of get a physical representation of this spiritual warfare yeah. in, in, in Exodus uh, 17, where Moses, uh, the Israelites have been attacked by the Amalekites. Uh, so there's a war. Moses goes up on a hill with Hur and Aaron, and he lifts his hands to God. And whenever his hands are, 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 are up, the Israelites win. When they get heavy and he lowers them, the Amalekites are winning. And okay. so, of course, his hands are being held up. We remember that story <laughs> so, yeah, about, about the, the two guys he brought up there with him to hold his arms yeah. up. And I'm not sure what happened when their arms got, got tired. I was getting ready to say, what if they were building things to help each other out? I wonder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, that is just this great picture of, of his hands being raised to God and, and that actually being directly the cause yeah. of victory in warfare and uh so you know he after it's all over he said uh, it says that moses built an altar and called it the lord is my banner he wanted to praise god for the victory and he says because for hands were lifted up to the throne of the lord mm, yeah okay you know he said and and that's what caused the victory praising i've never, I've never thought about it until just now constant praise is what gives a victory. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, prayer is also very vital for our peace. That's one of the things that we're always striving for in this culture, especially. And, you know, the great passage in Philippians chapter 4, uh, where Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm. It transcends all understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Which he 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 knew when he was writing it. We don't we don't really get peace too much. We don't mm -hmm. understand that that concept. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm yeah. And how we get that peace um through prayer yeah. is something that, you know, God only knows how that happens. 
uh, but we can trust in it. Uh, and prayer is also important uh, for us to gain wisdom. Uh, and, and James is very direct with that. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But of course, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because we don't want to be tossed by the wind back and forth yeah. uh, and, and expect to, to receive anything from him if we do, do not have trust in it. Right. So prayer has just so many um, aspects to it for our benefit, right. peace, for wisdom, uh, discipline in our lives to receive that forgiveness, which we need so much, and to help us overcome the temptations um, that come our way. So yeah. uh, there's a lot, lots to it. There is, that's so awesome that we can uh, obtain those blessings from from a conversation with God, that that is that is amazing. So, Steve, what kind of prayer life did Jesus have, and and what did he teach about prayer? Yeah, so Jesus is the ultimate model. His life was full of prayer, and he also spent a lot of time teaching his disciples to pray. He taught them about prayer as a private practice. Uh, he said that God knew their needs, but ask anyway. Yeah, you know, um, to praise Him in prayer, to ask for needs to seek his will and to forgive others. And we just looked at a lot of that in uh, the Sermon on the Mount. So he taught a lot about prayer. Um, but as to his life, uh, the gospel writers record that uh, Jesus would get up very early in the morning while it was still dark, and he would go off to a solitary place where he'd pray. Yeah. And Luke said that he that was a practice of his that he did often in Luke chapter 5, verse 16. So he went and he prayed a lot. But what kind of things did Jesus pray for? He you know, taught the disciples how to pray and taught us how to pray. Right. But what kind of things did he pray for? In Luke chapter 22, Jesus is talking to Peter, and he's calling him by his name Simon in this passage. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Oh. So he knew that Peter was going to be facing this this trial. This was at the end of his ministry. Uh, he knew he was about to be arrested and what was going to happen, what was going to transpire inside of Peter and what that was going to cause him to do. Yeah. And uh, he said, I'm, I'm praying for you, you, Peter. Don't forget it because, you know, when you, when you feel like you failed, you know, remember, turn back. Yeah. You know. That, and, and, that, and that's possible. It's not like, okay, I've messed up. I, right. I can't forgive myself. I can't be forgiven. But, you know, he, he was praying for him. So what, a, what an awesome thing to, to, to soak in. And I'm sure Peter was not being able to soak it in at that time. But to know, I'm sure he did after uh, everything happened, his resurrection. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he did. Like, wow, yeah. Jesus was praying for me. Right, that's right. amazing. Yeah, at this time he was probably thinking, "What do you mean, Jesus? I know I am not going <laughs> exactly. to ever deny you. Right. I'm going to die for you, right?" Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, he found out when it when it really got rough. Yeah. How hard it was to do that. Uh, but Jesus was praying for him. Uh, again, we looked at the passage that said um, how Jesus um, taught them to pray that they would not fall into temptation. But then um, he went off and, and was praying to God about what he knew was going to come to pass pretty soon. And he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Mm. An angel 
from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. So he prayed for himself, too. He yeah. prayed for his needs. He, he knew he was going to undergo such a very difficult time, and he just was asking God if there's any other way uh, possibly do that. Yeah. Possibly find a way, God. I, I know you can, uh, but again, was willing to submit his will uh, to whatever God had decided and what God's plan was. He also prayed for healing for other people. He prayed for things that would bless other people's lives. And so in John chapter 11, he had a friend named Lazarus who had yeah. died. Uh, and uh, and his, his sisters as well were very close to him. And, of course, we know the story. Uh, Lazarus dies. Um, they're, they're bereaved. Jesus does, doesn't get there quickly enough. And um, but when they took away the stone, he knew there was he knew there was a purpose for it happening the way it happened. Right. They took away the stone. Jesus looked up and he said, "Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me." Mm. So he prayed for himself. He prayed for his disciples. He prayed for people. And in this case, you know, Martha and Mary and family members and friends were in such grief yeah. um, that he, he, he prayed, you know, for, for something that would, would heal their hearts, but also bring Lazarus Correct, from, from yeah. the dead. But he was um, very certain that God was listening to him. Yeah. And I think that's something that's, that's important for us to understand as well. Too. That is a very good point. I, I like that. Thank you for that, Steve. Um, that. Lazarus story gets me every time because uh, it's something I always try to do is pray like that. You know, something very, the faith and boldness that, that Jesus had to, you know, to raise someone from the dead. That's, that takes a, a lot of faith and boldness mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like that. Yeah, absolutely. And that remi- that reminds me of another aspect of prayer. And, and Danny did a great job in uh, a sermon. It's been a, uh, probably a couple of years ago at this oh, point. I think so, yeah. Um, but there was a, a lesson that he gave on what he called chutzpah prayer. Yep. Uh, and, he, and this is another thing that Jesus taught, and I just think it's an, an excellent lesson. And, it, and that chutzpah prayer is the prayer of boldness, Being mm-hmm. having that chutzpah to go and ask God for anything. So he tells a couple of stories about that. And again, these are, are directly taken out of what uh, Danny taught and um, and because it, Jesus was teaching this concept in, them, in these passages. In Luke chapter 11, uh, he says, suppose you have a friend. You go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Yet I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much bread as you need. And so then he says, ask, seek, and knock, and, and you will receive these yeah. things. So the bold, shameless audacity to ask these things. Yeah. And then also in Luke 11, he tells the story about the widow who goes and, and petitions the judge. Oh, yes. And she just won't stop. She just won't stop. She goes, you know, 
I'm pleading my case. Give me justice. Mm -hmm. I need justice. And said, even though the, this particular judge didn't care at all, because of her insistence and persistence, he was, he was going to fulfill that request. Yeah. And so that's specifically what he is teaching his disciples uh, to do. If an if an un, if a friend or an unjust judge, uh, you know, even who don't really have any care for you, will will answer your prayer because you're persistent and bold, uh, what will God who love you do? I'll say, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. just um, to always pray and never give up. Good stuff. Uh, you know, and I know that uh, prayer was uh, an integral part of the members' lives of the early church too, and it's very evident in the Book of Acts. It's one of my uh, you know, things that they, they are very, it seems like they're consistently in prayer in the book of Acts. Right. Yes. The, of course, the Acts is the history of the first century church, how it, you know, kind of was initiated, uh, how it spread. And so you can see that. Uh, and, you know, in Acts chapter two, it talks about uh, the fact that the, the, uh, the disciples devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They devoted themselves to so, it. Yeah. Uh, we see them praying uh, while they're waiting for you know Jesus to send the Spirit at the very beginning of the book right, of Acts. Yeah. We see them uh, praying uh, when Peter's in jail, you know, right. and they're trying to figure out how to get deliverance, you know, and what are they doing, you know, but praying for him when he comes knocking on the door. Right. It takes them a little while to realize that maybe you know their prayer was being answered, <laughs> but uh, you know that's true of all of us. Right. right. It's, it's very true. It's yeah. Very true. Yeah. As they went through different difficulties in the church, as they um, encountered people wherever they went, you can just see um, throughout the book uh, that prayer is an integral part of what they do. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Open communication. I know Paul. Uh, he said they was they would devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, and Paul would always write in his letters that he was praying for the church he was writing to always he, i love that about him uh, because it lets us know that he was in constant conversation with god about the people who he loved and who he's writing to i, lo I love that about uh about paul mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i had had mentioned that earlier a little bit but uh paul uh, it's so it's so great to actually have prayers the actual yeah. prayers written down right us. uh sometimes you know, we may tend to look at those early parts of the book where he opens with a prayer and go, okay, you know, here's just a long introduction. Let's right. wait till he gets to the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, even know? the meat. Yeah. But uh, to me, in a lot of ways, that is the good stuff. Yeah. You know, because that shows that relationship he has with the people. Right. And it shows the trust he has in God. And yeah. so, you know, for instance, in, in Philippians, in the beginning uh, of that book, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. Yeah. Uh, in all my prayers for all of you, Always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And so uh, here's Paul. He's just laying it out. He is. That know, is it's like a journal entry almost. It, you it, know? Is. it is. Yeah. You know, 
uh, I'm just, it just is just full of what he's praying about, what he's praying for. And it's an active prayer. True. Yeah. And, and I can, you know, um, I can see that when that Philippian church was reading it, that prayer was just being said over them again. Yeah. Every time they read that. Um, and it's going to apply to us as well. Too. Oh, definitely. He's praying that same thing for us. Mm-hmm. You know, he's praying that we, our love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth and all of those things. And so each time we read it, we're getting Paul praying over us. Right. It's kind of a cool concept. Yes. Um, so Paul uh, obviously lives it in the same way that Jesus lives it. Uh, because we see his prayers in action. Um, but he's also very um, full in his letters of these encouragements for us to pray. Yeah. And so he says, you know, that we should pray always. To the Thessalonians, he said, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Mm. Pray without ceasing. In every situation, we should pray. Again, to the Philippians, uh, what we read earlier, be anxious in nothing but through everything, by prayer and petition, uh, make our requests known to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guarding your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So we should pray always. We should pray in every situation. To the Ephesians, he said we should pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So in Ephesians 6, again, we looked at this. uh, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So in every situation, on all occasions, always praying. Um, And you can see he says, you know, be alert. And keep on praying uh, for all the Lord's people. Yeah. You know, so he not only did it himself, but he was encouraging the churches. Pray for each other. Pray for all the other churches. Yeah. And all kinds of prayers and requests. I like that too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're to pray for each other, just as Paul mentioned there. Uh, James also says that. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Uh, Paul, again, to the church in Colossae, says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Mm. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience in giving joyful thanks to the Father. So again, you know, he's he's you know praying for the the, the Christians there in Colossae. So have, may have great endurance and patience. I think that is something we all might strive for, I think, just yeah. As you're reading that out loud, I'm like, well, that sounds amazing mm-hmm. <laughs> to have mm-hmm. um, great endurance and patience. So, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes it takes great endurance and patience uh, to 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 spend that time in prayer. That's very true. Yeah, uh, and that itself can teach us to have great endurance yeah. and patience in other. Great things point. In life, yes, in life. Paul uh, also says, you know, we should pray for all people, as he tells Timothy. Uh, he says, prayers, petitions, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made he urges for all people for kings and all those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness 
pray for all people. Pray for those in authority, the kings, the, the, the rulers of the nation, so that we can live lives that honor honor God. Yeah. He didn't always, you know, Paul didn't didn't live in a, you know, in a, a country or a civilization where the authorities, you know, honored God. That's very true. He said, honor them anyway in your prayers that we can live at peace. Yeah, a very radical idea mm-hmm. at the at the time at the time and now actually. So, uh-huh. yeah. You know, it's one of the really really neat things that shows the power of prayer is that when we pray, we can change God's mind. Yes. See, when I in the class we went over this, this is fascinating stuff. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the story uh, of Moses uh, during the Exodus um, in chapter thirty-two. Uh, you know, God was pretty angry with the people, yeah. and this was a point in their history when God said, "You know, I think I'm just going to wipe them out." I'll spare you, Moses. I'm just going to start this all from scratch. With yeah, kind of like with Noah. You know, right. it's like yeah. okay, you're just gonna let's just let's just do this again. I'm just so tired, you know, of of, of these people. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord of his God. In verse 11, Lord, he said, "Why should your anger burn against your people, whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand?" Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. What does it say then? Say then. <laughs> then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. Wow. Prayer is powerful as well, too. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Um, that is an amazing story when you so don't forget that. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah. Prayer is communication with God. We pour our hearts out to him. We cry and we groan. We can, um, we can be angry with God or angry with what's going on. Yeah. We we should be free, and the Psalms show us that again. Yes, how freely uh, we can communicate with him honestly. But one of the neatest things about that communication. Is kind of goes back to that tether picture again, uh, how it's really the connection of our heart with God's heart. Yeah. Sometimes there really aren't words. We don't know what words to say. True. Yeah. Our emotions, you know, we know we need something, but we don't always know the words. And do we have to have the perfect words so that God can understand us? Yeah, great question. Um, no, Romans chapter eight, Paul has this great piece of scripture that says, you know, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. 
And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So again, going back to what that now unquote I read earlier about the, the mind and the heart yeah. being connected with God and, and that idea of the tether, um, prayer can absolutely be something that is done without any words. Yeah. The uh, wordless groans is a, an amazing phrase there because, um, you know, I've heard that I'm sure most of us uh, listening here have, have had those days or numerous days where you just, that's all you have is that kind of like a, that groan sound or just, um, and I've always heard that that is a, a translation from the spirit and that that's going to translate it to guy like, Hey, this is what he needs right now. Or, this is what they need right now. Mm-hmm. So that's, I've heard that analogy for that. And it's, uh, it always calls me back to second Corinthians when Paul says, you know, when I'm at my weakest, he's the strongest. And that's mm-hmm. another example because when yeah. we have wordless groans, we're pretty weak, I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, Jesus, we looked at earlier, said, you know, he already knows what we need, but go to him anyway. Yeah. So he knows it. And if we don't come up with the words, his heart connect with ours and um, we can just sit before him and say, you know, God, you know, I, you know what I need. I, I, I can't quite get myself there, but in your mind just um be with god i'll say i connect that way yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so steve with the wordless groans um i've i learned some prayer postures to help with that um when you have uh, you have your hands open so you have your hands facing your palms down means you're giving god everything that you have all your worries and stresses and anxieties and everything and then when you're finished with that you feel like you're finished you turn them back up and that's when you receive all the blessings from God with just those two pair mm-hmm. of postures. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to mention those as a couple of helpful tips for anyone out there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's great. You know, uh, you know, posture might be a question that some people, people ask about, you know, and, and I think that's, that, uh, you know, is you know a, a legitimate question, you know, yeah. do you, you know, is there a particular right posture or not or, or right. a different or a wrong posture or whatever. Yeah. I think that, you know, we can see that in the scripture, people stand to pray. They, they, you know, are on the, their face on their knees. Right. They're in a reverent position to God. Um, any of those work eyes open. In fact, most of the time the scripture talks about, uh, you know, Jesus or others opening their eyes and looking up to God. True. Um, yeah. our practice, I don't think it's wrong, but you know, I don't know that scripture ever mentions it, but our practice typically is to have our heads bowed right. and our eyes closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's a reverent posture, but the posture that we see exemplified a lot in scripture is actually looking up to God and uh, having our eyes open yeah. and doing it. So yeah, there's no one posture that works. that's going to make God hear your prayers. He hears oh, our hearts. And so yeah, I think that's an excellent way of doing it. It's just kind of physically saying, yeah. you know, God, I want, you know, I want to give you my, my stresses and I want to receive from you what you, uh, want to have to give me even if I don't know how to say it right exactly right you know I'm glad you were mentioning about the uh, right way and uh, things to do that because I I hear you know youth ministers I get a lot of questions from teens about is there a certain way that we have to pray is there a formal way we have to pray is there a certain way that we have to do it what could you say to those listening that may have the same question you'd be thinking the same things Mm -hmm. yeah uh, there is not one formal way you have to do it, you know, uh, the Lord's Prayer, first of all, is a, is a, is a sample of, 
the kinds of things that that we can bring to God. Okay. Uh, but not uh, here's how you have to say it. The one thing I would say is that we always want to be able to come to God with reverence yeah. to begin with. Okay. But it doesn't have to be formal. In fact, it's probably better if it's not formal. Yeah. And I think being very relaxed, just as you mentioned earlier, uh, like Moses did, like a friend right. with a friend, speaking to a friend. So, you know, you don't have to worry about saying, you know, religious sounding words, you know, to God, say what's on your heart, open and honest with him, be relaxed with him. You know, we tend to be more formal when we do it in public. And so that's yeah. probably what most people see and hear. Um, but in your closet and home, you know, it, there is no right or wrong way. You know, if your heart's open to God, that's what's right. Yeah. We had a prayer station one time uh, for a prayer walk at camp where we had, you would sit in one seat and there was an empty seat across from you and Jesus was in that seat and you were to talk to him for five minutes. So that was an interesting, interesting station. Uh, I found that station to be uncomfortable for some reason. I still haven't figured out why, but uh-huh. maybe it's because... He was he was there, you know. He could sit there. You're imagining Jesus there, staring at you. So I think that was a little uncomfortable for me. But I loved it. But it was just I told the kids like that one was uncomfortable for me. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as we're can go through our daily life to create this rhythm of prayer, I wanted to, to stress to people out there that you know we can find that maybe we'd be too busy to pray. I actually found a study uh, to kind of go along with this that Dr. Joseph Buckley he used rats to simulate uh, humans' everyday life. He he made the rats go through uh, we call, what they call the stress chamber. It was designed to imitate modern life. Loud noises, flashing lights, and jarring and jostling motions. Um, I guess they had mm-hmm. like buzzers and recorded airplanes and things like that going on. Uh-huh. And in only one week, so seven days, he and a graduate student found that the rats had higher blood pressure um, and be, they were becoming irritable and violent. Uh, they, wow. Another interesting thing, though, too, is that the, both the doctor and the graduate student developed the same symptoms. So we could get caught up in this rat race, Steve, of life and be too busy to pray. Uh, because if you're too busy to pray, then I think you might just be too busy. So, yeah. I think that's true. That, that is, that is, that's an excellent point. That's a wow. That, studies like that just always blow my mind yeah. um, how apparent it is that the lives that we live had that kind of impact on us right in such a short time mm-hmm. was another thing that got me yeah yeah so kind of to summarize uh, my thoughts on prayer for today that prayer in connection with solitude and scripture that self-examination we talked about earlier in connection with those things prayer will bring the power of god into action for the world and for our own transformation. Yeah, there you go. And so power, prayer has just that kind of power. And that illustration uh, that you just gave is, is, a, is a, pers- a perfect uh, example of why we need to be in prayer. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of too busy, what are we going to be talking about next episode, next week? What are we going to be doing there? Well, good question. Next week we're talking about Sabbath. Oh, nice. Okay. And so that ties in very nicely yes. with what you just uh, were talking about as far as uh, being too busy. It's, Sabbath is, I got to say, it's a discipline I don't know too much about, but I am fascinated by it because talking before we, we hit record, the society that we live in is kind of telling us, since I've been born at least, you know, that we have to be productive all the time. 
Always be productive. Always be productive. And so you talk about this Sabbath, and, man, it's, it's kind of foreign. Like, I, I want to know more about it because I'm interested, but I don't know if 24 hours of not doing maybe uh, – see, that's another thing. Oh, is it one thing? Is it all things? What do I do? What's Sabbath exactly mean? So I'm fascinated, Steve, for next week. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I am, I am too. Uh, it's relatively new to me as well, too. And we'll we'll touch on that when we talk about it next week. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think it's a very fascinating topic as well, too, for us to consider. Well, I hope everyone is, is getting as many blessings from this podcast as, as I am personally. I, I, Steve, this is great sitting down and having conversations with you about this stuff. I love it. So thank you again for sharing all this stuff on prayer. Um, and I hope everyone can take it and, and create this rhythm and so that we're not too busy uh, to be talking to God. So thank you, Steve. Thank you for the opportunity. Have a great weekend, everyone. And Steve, we'll see you on Sunday. Okay, see you then. I will follow. I will follow.